Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Kumar. Welcome to another episode of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Show, where I bring you a brand new guest every single time that's going to help you take your business to the next level. Today, I have Russell Nolte, who is an amazing uh, entrepreneur. He has done tremendous, tremendous amount of things. And one of the things is that he is a USA uh, best-selling author. He's a six-figure creative entrepreneur and also he had raised kickstarter a raised over 200 close to two hundred thousand dollars so russell please take a time to introduce yourself to my audience and i'm really glad you're here today awesome so yes my name is russell nolte i am a usa today best-selling author i run a company called uh wannabe press which publishes comics, anthologies, and novels. And then I also run a training academy called The Complete Creative that helps creatives build better businesses, uh, make the best work of their life, and share it with the world. Awesome. So how did you get in this, this, this business that you're currently in? Oh, uh, well, it was the fifth business that I tried to start. Before then, I tried to start a uh, Verizon dealership, uh, a, uh, two production companies and a, uh, photography studio. And all of them blew up in my face before I found one that actually worked. And so, uh, I'm very happy that I started in movies and TV as a writer and director. And then I moved kind of, uh, into directing and then I, uh, moved into cinematography and finally I ended up writing. I wrote my own movie. Uh, that I produced and directed, as well as a couple of other short films. And then I got into a pretty bad car accident in 2008, which led me into being able to uh, do basically nothing except uh, write. And so I started my writing career. Um, I, once I moved to LA, my manager introduced me to comics, and I fell in love with comics. And so I spent some years making comics and then started writing novels. And it just kind of all spiraled from there. Uh, you know, it's like one thing led to another. It's hard to know like what each piece was. Usually they just kind of compounded on top of each other after years upon years upon years of doing it. Right. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to know that you did a little bit of photography as well. Cause uh, back in the days I used to run a photography business myself with a wedding portrait and fashion and shoot. That's really interesting too. So awesome. how was that yeah, business was, uh, for you? Yeah, I did a uh, fashion photography, mostly in portraiture. I didn't do many events, uh, but mostly, uh, yeah, fashion photography, headshots and such. Okay. So what are some of the things that you learned from that business or did you enjoy it or was it kind of like you were just kind of feeling things out? Well, I originally uh, went to school for broadcast journalism, and then I was a camera operator after I got out of school. So I've really, I, I really enjoyed photography. Um, it's a little too technical for me. <laughs> uh, 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 I found when I was doing it, uh, there's just so much like so many things you have to think about, especially on a movie set to get every shot right and make sure you're getting it all. So. Um, so I uh, much prefer writing, which is much more intuitive, uh, less technical. Uh, I leave the technical parts for my editors and proofreaders and, uh, and, and artists. Uh, but it did teach me how to, like the developing an eye for uh, what looks good, what's aesthetically pleasing, what, uh, you know, what, uh, how to use negative space. And now I work with so many artists and, uh, and do so much branding work with artists and writers and creators that having that, uh, that that sort of aesthetic that that formed 
uh, back when I was a photographer is quite helpful. I am uh, rubbish at graphic design, uh, but I know good graphic design. And because I was a photographer, I can explain graphic design to people. And uh, I find that to be very helpful. And because I was uh, I shot movies and TV and I had a very visual background, it definitely helps me with the writing part of it because I can kind of explain a scene because I've done the shot breakdowns. I've done the storyboarding. I've done all of those pieces. So it helps me just be able to tell a story in a much more complete way. Okay, that, that's great. So, so tell me a little bit about your current business, like uh, in terms of how are you, or what things do you normally do, I guess, in your current business? Sure. So we are, my publishing company, Want to Be Pressed, is direct to customers. So uh, all of our sales, well, 99% of our sales are to either uh, uh, directly to customers from our website through Kickstarter or through conventions. Uh, we do do some sales through Amazon now, um, but it, it's traditionally been a very, very, very small part of our business. Almost everything that we do is hand selling or selling through some means where we have direct access to our customer and our customer information. Um, then, uh, so we've been doing that since 2014. We launched, we did a soft launch. 2015, we came with our first slate. And we basically, with that company, travel around the country to conventions, uh, run Kickstarters, and uh, launch products. Some of them you can see behind me. Uh, some of our most beloved books. Uh, Ichabod Jones, Monster Hunter, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. Uh, we, we're known mostly in, for comics, uh, but uh, we do uh, a lot of novels now as well. It's a business that we're trying desperately to break into the longer, uh, 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 the more that we are in it and the more time that goes by. Uh, then in 2017, I wrote a book called How to Build Your Creative Career. And with that, I, I, uh, I, I founded my nonfiction uh, academy uh, for creatives. Uh, and so I broke off the nonfiction part of Wannabe Press, the educational arm, and it formed its own company. So we have uh, blog posts, podcasts. I have a podcast called The Complete Creative, which interviews creatives about how they sustain, uh, that they built and sustain their creative careers. Uh, and uh, epic blog posts. Um, uh, 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 regular blog posts, free courses, paid courses, marketing services, and a whole lot more. So it's sort of uh, my fiction. If you like monsters, mythology, and magic, there are uh, books in the uh, wannabe press and russellnolte.com. And then if you uh, are more a nonfiction creator or business type or someone wants to grow their creative business, then I have the complete creative. They're kind of separate, uh, but they also are very similar avatars and very similar people that we're trying to help. It's just we wanted the messaging to be very clear. Uh, the people who are readers uh, tended to not want the technical stuff. They liked the behind the scenes, but they didn't want like the technical how to grow your business. Uh, and then the people who were there for the creating um, didn't really want to, uh, you know, get the stuff about like my books and such. So we kind of separated it. And so a lot of people matriculate both, but uh, we have them separate now so that uh, if you like just uh, the fiction or the nonfiction, you can get there very easily and uh, kind of allows me to know what part of my personality I should bring out depending on who I'm talking to. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this personality, like what different personalities that you can bring out that people can relate to it, or they may they are like more in like, hey, I, I can't understand what you're saying. Um, so it's mostly just, uh, so the, the image behind me, I don't know if there's going to be video to this, uh, is RB, Melissa the wannabe. She's sort of a sassy, rebellious, like punk rock, uh, creative type who, uh, who, uh, no nonsense, like anti-authority, you know, kind of like frequented like grungy punk clubs back in the day. 
and uh, kind of is the is the avatar for both of my companies. Uh, uh, but I don't talk about the business stuff on the creative side, and I don't talk about the creative stuff really on the business side. I try to keep them separated. Uh, but when I come on something like this, for instance, it helps me know sort of which place to push them to. Um, right. While I do talk about the complete creative, uh, sorry, the wannabe press and my, my, my writing work, um, when I talk about building an audience from scratch or building Kickstarters or validating ideas or productivity or any of those things, I'm going to send people straight to the complete creative site, not the wannabe press site. And the same thing with when I'm talking about magic mythology and monsters, those people generally don't care about the about the complete creative. So I send them to my russellnolte.com. But it's pretty much the same personality. I just have to tailor it to whoever I'm talking to. And, you know, uh, depending on what I'm doing and where I'm and where I'm speaking, there may be a mix. Uh, I just did like a two hour conversation this morning, where I was talking kind of about my my, 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 my writing work and my writing career and my business stuff. So then you kind of have a break over, but it's nice to have that break and say, Hey, if you only want to hear about my, uh, my, my, uh, how to build your own business, how to, you know, write better novels, how to have a better mindset, how to like really be a creative and have a business. Then you go over to the complete creative.com and you can check out our podcast. And then if you want to, if you like magic, mythology, and monsters, uh, comics, novels, anthologies, then you can go to russellnolte.com and check out all of my books. And I do end up finding a lot of people do both. Um, but, uh, I want to give people the chance uh, to, to, because then they have less chance of unsubscribing. You know, if I'm sending the same email to both people, which I used to do back before our email list really exploded, before uh, I used to send people to the same place for both, and they just had to kind of deal with everything that I had. Uh, but I ended up getting a lot of unsubscribes over time, or people that really wanted to stay on one newsletter, but not the other newsletter. And so by separating them, it allowed me to just give people a much better experience. I probably could segment them better, um, but I do tend to segment them to their, uh, like if they want to take one of our free courses, then they get a specific email sequence for that. Um, but, uh, or like if they download one of our books, they'll get a specific email sequence for that. Uh, and then they'll go into our main email sequence. But um, yeah, I, I try to keep things as separate as possible so that people have the least chance of unsubscribing uh, to my, my entire process if they only want to unsubscribe from one part or to, to make sure that they're getting the thing that they want out of, uh, out of me as a brand. Okay, that, that's great, man. And tell me a little bit about like uh, as far as, because most people who listen to this, they're like entrepreneurs, so they care more about the business side of it. So as a Kickstarter, that you have run or have done or you recommend other people should they do a kickstarter for their business before they put out their own money or what are your thoughts on that i mean every kickstarter i've ever run has been built has, i've i've outlaid all of the money first before i ever went to kickstarter so i've got everything out to a prototype so i don't think that there is uh, a way to have a successful Kickstarter campaign anymore where you're not putting any money into your business. Uh, there are ways to pre-validate before you get to the stage of running a Kickstarter to have a, to, to run a, that part of your business. But it's not like you're going to get, go on Kickstarter and have magic money. There's a lot of money that goes into Kickstarter before you ever launch a campaign. You've got to build an audience. You've got to validate the product. Uh, you've got to know that there's that there's people who want it. Um, you've got to basically have a prototype 
prototype in your hand uh, unless you've done a bunch of them already or you're a big name uh, because nobody cares if you have a good idea. They all want to know about execution. Like literally, I will not back a tech product on Kickstarter anymore because I've been burned too many times before. Uh, I won't back. There's a lot of projects I just won't back on Kickstarter because um, it looks really good and then it turns out to be garbage when it comes to mass production. So, uh, you know, it's... It's, it's an only about 37% of Kickstarters at this point fund. Uh, so, you know, you've got a one in three chance of funding, even if you do use the platform. So, you know, there's uh, people like to think of it as a magic, as, as, a, as a magic, uh, a magic, uh, uh, a talisman or a magic thing where they're just going to put it on there and find an audience. But generally an audience is found way before you do a Kickstarter and then Kickstarter can help bring a crowd to you. Um, they can help you bring, you know, bring, get a, make a bunch more money. They can introduce you to a crowd of hungry people who are looking for creative projects or projects that are interesting and new. They're very much early adopters, um, but they're not going to do magic. If your, comp if your project doesn't look good, if they're not confident it's going to come, uh, they are not just going to like dump money in you. That's a great, great advice. And if you can go dig a little bit deeper on it, like I know from a point of view, like let's say I am a, a person who wants to have money given to me as a Kickstarter, but as an investor, like you said, you have been invested in a few of the things that didn't work out for you. But as an investor, now experienced investor, what are you look for when to say, this is a good company to invest my money in, and this is not? Well, Kickstarter is not an investment. It is a pre-order platform for, uh, for getting a good. So you're not investing in the company. There are equity crowdfunding platforms, but they are not, uh, they are not uh, 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 equity. Kickstarter does not give you any equity in a company. Um, but I want you to prove to me that you know what you're doing and that you are going to deliver the product to me and that it is going to be as cool as you promise. Um, that means that you're going to have to show that, uh, A, that, there's, that, that you've met a need, that you've thought about my need, that you can speak the language of the people that, uh, that, that I care about, that you can speak my language. And that, uh, I don't mean like language like English or Spanish. I mean like the language of like my community, that like you're, you're, you've, been, you've been invested in the community that I'm part of, uh, that you've backed other campaigns, that you like understand how it works, and that eventually I'm going to get my, 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 my product. Uh, which means I basically only back books at this point because books are very low. Um, there's a very low failure rate in books. Like everybody knows how to print a book. Like if you deliver the pages, a printer will give you the book. Um, it's right. not like printing a board game or printing something that is like wholly unique. Um, uh, card games and other things too. But generally, like if it's a brand new product that must be milled from scratch, you're going to have to do a whole lot of work because I am, uh, I'm so wary of those products. Uh, I backed one even after a campaign was over and I didn't get it for over a year. It was nice when I got it, uh, but uh, usually people don't understand how hard it is to go from prototype to um, mass manufacturing and how many uh, and, 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 and how many things have to be cut and how many changes have to be done. So they often will create their own prototype without the work of, without the help of a factory. And then the factory can't actually produce the specs that the prototype was for. So you saw that with the coolest cooler, you saw that was a whole with a whole bunch of products uh, and then there's delays um, and then there are problems getting into the uh, getting from the factory to you 
Then there are custom duties. There's all sorts of stuff that you have to consider. Um, and I want to make sure that you consider it. Uh, you know, I'm not, a, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm giving you money to give me a product. This is a business. It's not a charity. So um, if you can't prove to me that you know what you're doing and that you are going to be the kind of person who, uh, who, who will actually deliver on their promise, look, I understand that sometimes you can't deliver on your promise because like there are things outside of your control. Um, I will never back you again, but I don't, I, I, I understand that there's a risk when I, when I'm doing a project on Kickstarter. Um, but uh, uh, I want to know that when I give you my, my money, A, you're going to use it well and that you are going to, you have a very good chance of delivering this product to me, like a 92% chance of delivering the product to me should it fund. And uh, so that means you better do your Kickstarter page and you've better do your videos and you better prove that you are going to give a good experience, that you've thought hard about it and that uh, uh, when I get the product, it's going to blow my mind and it's going to be completely different from anything on the market because otherwise I could just go to the market that already exists and buy it. Absolutely. That's a great advice. That's really good. So tell me what, what is the... One thing that you have learned up until now that has been the most important lessons, most important lesson that you're like, oh my God, I wish I would have learned that like two years ago or 10 years ago, that would save me so much headache and pain. Um, it really comes down to the fact that a company is two things. It's product, it's really, well, it's three things, but okay. it's, it's product, uh, market, so product, customer, and then profit. And those are the three pieces that most people do not have in place before they start a company uh, or their company does, or uh, they don't have it in place nearly enough, or they're just going by the seat of their pants. You must have at least one product, at least one customer and a profit margin on that product so that you can use, invest that into making more products and finding more customers. If you do not have those three things, you do not have a company. You've got a pipe dream. Uh, so, uh, uh, and, and that does not mean that your product needs to be priced higher, uh, necessarily. Right. Uh, there's all sorts of things that, it could, that, 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 that could go into that, uh, th that idea. But if, at some point, you must have a customer, a product, and a profit margin, and a place to reach those customers. So, like, uh, so, so you know, uh, if there's only four customers for your product, you also don't have a company. You've got a very expensive hobby. Uh, so those three, but those three things, uh, if you have those, you can make any, almost any company, uh, 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 uh work, That's so but clear. you have to have all three of them that work in tandem together. Right. That's a very interesting statement. You can make any company work. Like, so what are some of the things that you would recommend? Like people who want to get, uh, new pro new product created, would you recommend going with the digital world? or a physical, like in your case, your book? I mean, that depends completely on the kind of person that you are. Uh, a digital product's going to generally be priced cheaper than a physical good in the book world. Um, that's not always the case, but it's usually the case, especially if you want it to be massly ado uh, mass adoption of it. Um, so you can, uh, but it really depends on you. Um, I, as an author, want to see my books in print, especially in comics, but I also sell courses digitally and I also do marketing services for people. I also do all sorts of things for both. I don't think that there is a, uh, that there's a, a one size fits all, uh, it really depends in your audience. So, um, 
I mean, I'll take you through the system that I developed over time. Uh, okay. I don't know the, I don't have a name for it, but it basically is one, 10, a hundred, a thousand. That's sort of the general setup. And the first step is you find one human. Um, so uh, uh, generally, I, I consider this one human who likes you, but not enough to lie to you. Uh, what I mean by that is, um, so I'm coming up with 20 year high school reunion. Uh, and so I think of the people that I knew in high school who I still communicated with a lot, uh, but I wasn't like really good friends with them. We weren't really good friends in high school. We just like, for, but for some reason, uh, we stayed in contact. And then when I started making books, they like really hyper responded to all of the things that I was talking about or a friend that you kind of met um, and you're kind of like acquaintances and, uh, but like, you're not like close, but there are these people that when you're posting about the thing you want to make, uh, then uh, they're going to be hyper responsive to you. Do you, do you have kind of someone like that in mind for yourself? Uh, I can think of, at least one person who okay. like, hey, so that's, I, that's I the important part is one this, person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that person, and this isn't like if you're, if you're going to make a bicycle and, so, and you post yarn stuff, then right. like they hyper respond to the yarn stuff. It has to be the, like if you're making bike stuff, it has to be people when you're posting about cycling or all of that stuff, like those kind of people. Um, so then um, you're going to be talking about the thing because you're going to be talking about the thing you want to do. Just naturally, we start talking about the things that we're obsessed with, right? Um, so you're going to be posting a lot of different articles and a lot of different things. And this person's going to be like p liking and commenting on all of them. And you're like, I don't understand. Why are you commenting all this stuff? I haven't talked to you in 10 years. So, uh, this is when you reach out to them. The way, cause the way to scale is to do the unscalable and the unscalable thing is the scalable thing is a survey. The unscalable thing is reaching out and actually having a real conversation. And, uh, you're going to be looking you're going to be asking them questions. You're going to say, hey, can I have half an hour of your time? I'm, I'm interested to make this thing, but I want to make sure I'm not going uh, all out. All, 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 uh, and you're going to ask them kind of what they like about your take on the world, like why they are always responding to you, like what is it that like resonates with you. Also, you're going to uh, kind of start getting a sense of their, uh, of their, um, of their uh, 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 psychographic habits. So uh, like, what their personality types are, why, where they hang out, why they hang out there, like what they like about bicycles, what they don't like about bicycles, all this stuff kind of, uh, it's, a, it's kind of important to get demographic information, but it is the absolute least valuable part of this because I have fans from 18 to 80 and they have very different ages and demographics, but they all kind of have that same punk rock spirit. So it really depends on the, 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 the kind of personality traits that the people have, not uh, the thing that you want to, not like the, the age that they are. You do want them to be like probably uh, af out of college so they have some money, especially if you're going to make like a big expensive product, but um, it's not like an essential component of this. What is essential is that they are like hyper committed to your work and that you can uh, and, that, and that they can speak about why they like you and the kinds of things that make them up as a person. All right. So now we have the one person and kind of what we think the one makeup is. Um, what, how do you think we get from one to 10? Repeat the process, I would think. Absolutely. So now we're going to repeat the process with nine other people. No, it doesn't have to be nine. I like one to 10, uh, okay. uh, but like it might be six, it might be eight. What you're trying to get, it might be 15. It, what you're trying to do is find sort of the commonalities and the things that you're like, okay, 
everybody that responded to me said that like they like these things about me and they don't like these things about me and like they hang out in these places um you don't want to just do like two because you might be completely wrong but usually 10 to 15 there's going to be some overlap there are going to be some things that you learn from them no the more the better it doesn't matter you, you this is free time like you can do this to a billion people if you want um, it's all on your time. I'm trying to do this so it is absolutely free for you to do. It's absolutely free for you to do this part. Um, so take advantage of it and really like dig in deep um, because the next part is going to take a little bit of money. So the next thing that you want to do once you've got 10 people is pre-validate an idea. So let's say you're like, hey, I want to make a bicycle, but like what if I made this really cool seat or kickstand? or tire or whatever the thing is tire lock um I, I'm, I'm looking for something that like is really cool you guys all told me you wanted but it's pretty cheap and uh you you, you like it's not expenses like it's not a bicycle it's like five dollars and like i just want to see like i'm trying to and, and and like i made this thing do you want it and you're trying to figure out like now if you have if you can make a product um that people will buy and so you put up a paypal link or a a little landing page or whatever and you're like hey i made this bike lock uh go buy it it's five dollars ten to twenty dollars twenty dollars i think is a good number uh that's how much a book costs twenty dollars is pretty like it's a commitment but it's like not really a commitment it's like a mo one movie ticket or like one meal so like it's it's like it's not five dollars uh, where like you throw $5 away like on, on, on anything. It's, but, so it's like you have to think about it, but not that hard. Like if you really want something, you'll find the $20 for it, right? Um, so, uh, so put something up, 20 bucks, and see if at least five people buy it. Now these people already know, like, and trust you. So uh, they should buy it easily. If you cannot, if they do not, either you've got the wrong audience or you got the wrong messaging or you got the wrong product. Now, this is why you don't want to bring your mother in because your mother will buy everything that you do. You want to buy something, again, that, 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 that someone that likes you but not enough to lie to you. Uh, and it's not just going to part with $20 because like, of who you are. So let's say you get five people. Really, it should be like as many people. It should really be 10 of 10, but like, I don't want to like freak you out that like, oh my God, I only got nine people. At least five people. Um, that's now uh, $100. Well, $100 isn't going to do a lot, but it'll probably get you uh, some, uh, some, some uh, proof of concept art for uh, some, message, some, uh, some maybe Facebook ads, uh, some, maybe like a graphic for your brand, something. It'll get you something so you can like look professional. And that's the next step. So you've got a little bit of money. You've got a profit margin. You've built a profit margin into the thing. So now you should be able to take that profit margin and turn that profit margin into more customers. That's the, that's the goal of the next step to get to 100. Because now all of these 10 people have given you where, the, where they hang out, what they do, how would they like you to talk to them. You've got all the messaging. You've got all of it in here. Um, but now your goal is to take all this jumble and to create a process that turns someone who doesn't know you into a rabid fan. And so now you're going from 10 to 100, you're getting into these groups, you're joining the community, you're talking about the thing, you're like doing X, Y, and Z, you're like, you're pulling people off like one at a time, not like in a dick buy my product, but just like, hey, I have this bike lock, I think you might like it. Here, go to this landing page. And you're trying to figure out like the process to turn this 
this like person into a buyer. And, uh, you know, email sequences, yeah, all this, all these things you're, you're, you're trying to, you're, you're trying to just, I don't know you and now I'm a buyer. And like, what is the process that is replicable? Cause now these people know, like, and trust you. They've already gotten down to the funnel. Now you want to find someone who doesn't know you and how can you repeat this process? Now, the people in the first part have told you how to think, how to think about this process, right? Like they've already like done all of the work kind of to like, to like, to like be your focus group, to like tell you what to say, how they like being talked to, when they like being talked to, whether they like Facebook or Twitter, all of the information is kind of like contained in this thing. Um, so now you're trying to like work out the kinks and every time you pull someone in, that's a little bit more profit. And now you've got a hundred. So now you've got a hundred sales at $20. And let's say it costs you $10 each to put it in. That's now overall a thousand dollars that you have to like play with. So now is when you actually can go and make your Facebook page. Cause now we've pre-validated it. We've got the system, right? So now we should be able to add a little bit of scale. Um, so now instead of having a bike lock, I'm going to validate my whole product. I've been talking to these people, this hundred people about the product, gotten them excited about it, made sure that I'm not stupid, made sure it's all good. Uh, and now I go to Kickstarter or wherever and I'm validating this idea now. I'm saying, I'm going to make my bicycle. I still have my bike lock product, which is profitable and I can keep driving traffic to it, but I'm doing my bicycle now. And boom, I spent a thousand dollars on Facebook ads and, and nice imagery and made sure that I hired a proofreader for the copy and I got all the stuff like looked at. Um, now I, now is when I can take the hundred people that should be buying this bicycle and, uh, and, and, and hopefully Facebook now is bringing a hundred more people because that's generally what I found. Like if I bring a person face, like someone from Facebook will like, will like that, that I don't know will also like come. And so I, I do like, 50% of my own email list and 50% from like Facebook new people. Generally, that's how it generally works. Maybe uh, anyway. So, uh, so now you've got 200 people. Uh, you've got all of their email addresses, exactly what they backed for, uh, 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 how much money they backed. You've got the seeds of an email list, assuming they, that they, they like allow you to put their name on that. They're like their email, your email in there. You've got a list of backers you can use for, uh, for, uh, along with that hundred, uh, to, to seed your lookalike audiences, to seed all of the information that you would need to now scale. And that is how you use Kickstarter. You go from one pre-validate, figure out the messaging, create a repeatable process, then validate with Kickstarter. And then you use that, uh, those funds and that profit to actually start the business. That is an amazing and powerful and most valuable blueprint I have ever heard or come to know about far as the Kickstarter project goes. So I think I'll just call this a Kickstarter blueprint and call it a day. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for being on my show. And this is the part of the show where I'm like, hey, the floor is all yours. Anything you want to share, any products, any services, anything that you want to share at all, or most importantly, how can people get in touch with you? The floor is all yours. Go for it. All right. Awesome. So um, if you want, if, if you liked that piece, uh, I have a whole bunch more on my website at thecompletecreative.com. I've got a uh, free audience building webinar at uh, 
thecompletecreative.com forward slash audience, which we'll talk a little bit about like how you do this and how you scale and how you find your, your perfect person. Um, I've also got tons of epic blog posts and I have a podcast myself called The Complete Creative where I talk about uh, with people about how they built and scaled their creative companies. Um, I have uh, experts on like uh, Dr. Deborah Holling to talk about anxiety, depression, and burnout. I have ad executives on to talk about how to scale ads or how to build communities. Uh, the thing that I'm really good at uh, is how to build a community that will actually buy from you. Not just that is super excited to hear from you, but will actually buy from you at the end of the day and building hype for that. So um, that is what I do through my courses, uh, my main courses, and, uh, and what I do through my one-on-one -on -one services, which you can contact through uh, Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L, -S -S -E at wannabepress.com. I'm very selective of the one-on-one -on -one clients that I take on. Um, but if you liked what I heard here, it's going to be that um, but a whole lot more intensive. We're going to go through your company and figure out like what the where the rot is, where the good products are, where you should move to, um, where your audience is. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of work because it's not on it, like like it really is about you to become the cheerleader for your company. Uh, but that is sort of uh, the blueprint of, of 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 what we talked about just now for like that we're going to do for you. Um, but if you go to thecompletecreative.com, almost everything is free. In fact, I don't even talk about one-on-one -on -one services. I just talk about it when I do podcasts. Um, so no one even actually knows that I offer one-on-one -on -one services, really. Um, uh, uh, and then I'll give you a quick, if you want to know like the thing that I did, because a lot of people who are entrepreneurs are like, well, real nice slick Rick, but like, are you, do you just make your money training other creatives and like tricking them and bilking them? And I'm like, you can go to russellnolte.com and you can see the books that I make. And like the, my whole business is based upon the fact that like, I am the proof. I do, I, I make all of most of my money as a writer. And this is the other thing that I do that like is very profitable, but it's only profitable because I literally live the life and like do the training and do all of the pieces over there. So russellnolte.com will give you a taste of how I built my own audience. And also if you like mythology, magic and monsters, there's a lot of cool fantasy books and horror books and sci-fi books over there. And I kind of mash them all together into my own kind of like Russell Nolte, mythor genre or whatever. So uh, I, have, uh, I do comics, novels, and anthologies. Um, but for the entrepreneur, uh, I really do recommend you go over and check out the uh, completecreative.com. I literally have spent 10 years building out this site um, with all of the information, an unbroken chain or a mostly unbroken chain of how I have built my career. Um, hundreds of thousands of words of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, of content. Uh, almost 200 episodes of, 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 of my podcast. And uh, you get it all for free, including a bunch of free courses. Uh, and then about five to 10% of that is paid. And the only thing that I charge for is, do you want to do it faster? Do you want to spend a thousand hours going through my site and rummaging through everything? Cool, you can do that. Like, I believe that if you read every, every word I've ever written and listen to everything I've ever done, or maybe both in tandem, you'll figure it out too. Um, but for people that want to do it quickly, um, I have courses, uh, I have one on one services uh, that I do offer. And that's all over at thecompletecreative.com. Uh, unless you want one on one, and then you need to just hit contact me uh, or hit russell at wannabepress.com, and that will bring you to uh, my inbox.
Awesome, Russell. Thank you so much for being here once again. It's a pleasure. And hopefully in the future, we'll talk again or maybe work on another project or so. That'd be a pleasure. Sounds great. I look, I look forward to it. Thanks so much for having me.